The City Quick Connect podcast is brought to you by the Municipal Association of South Carolina. Hey everyone, this is Russell Cox, editor of the Municipal Association of South Carolina's Uptown Publication, and I am joined once again by all three, it's exciting to get all three of them in one place, of the association's field services managers. We have with us Ashley Callahan. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am doing well. We've got Charlie Barino. Hi, Russell. And we also have Jeff Shacker. Hey, Russell. Glad to be here. I never know which order to list you guys in. Sometimes like, I'll, I'll go alphabetical first name. Sometimes I'll go alphabetical last name. Very, very quickly, we're, we're here to talk managing public input, but very quickly, could, could someone just say a quick word about what all the field service, field service managers do? Well, I mean, Russell, like, like uh, we've talked about, well, we, we have had a podcast on this, yeah, yes. and um, it, it just really just depends on what the needs of the city are. I mean, mm-hmm. what, we, what we try to do is just uh, bring the resources of MASC to the cities mm-hmm. and familiarize the, them with those resources and make ourselves useful, and that includes visits, responding to technical assistance requests, uh, facilitating goal-setting sessions and retreats, and then uh, leading training sessions on-site. How many phone calls would you say you guys get every single day? Uh, you know, every day is a different day. And it, it really is cyclical. It depends on the time of the year. March, April. Oh, my. There's some days, and I know Jeff's hit this. There's 10, 15, some days even push 20 calls or emails or texts. And that's the thing. You know, we're, we're getting communication. I, I have people send me social media messages, mm-hmm. text. Calls. I mean, it's um, uh, all forms of communication that folks are getting in touch with us. So. It's it's a job. If I were in, I would struggle to keep my phone charged up enough. I think <laughs> <laughs> that's what I use as a barometer for how busy the day was. Like, what's what's my battery mm-hmm. indicator on my phone? Like, okay, it was a busy day. <laughs> so so like I said, we today we're here to talk of uh, managing public input, and I know. I know you guys are at city and town council meetings just all the time. I remember the March 2022 issue of Uptown, we did a article on managing public input. So I thought, oh, Charlie will have a good photo of public input at a council meeting. And I've, I've, I've gone to Charlie for this kind of photo more than once. But Charlie, when I reached out to you about it this time... The photo I got back, and I really like it, it's the Conway City Council meeting that yep. uh, illustrates illustrated the clock. They, they project, project it up in front of the room of the allotted time for a public speaker. It was, it was a countdown clock. I think it even had a, a progress bar of like how much time remained. Right. And, oh, it's just a good one. You can see the mayor and the council is listening attentively in that one. It was it was a good one. But, yeah, public comment. You guys never get questions about this, do you? Oh, no. It's, <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a frequent question. And, uh, you know, the two things that come to mind for me is, is one, to have a policy. You know, you need to uh, ha- have adopted an ordinance that defines the policy that council wants to follow. And then, secondly, consistency. Uh, consistent. Uh, be consistent with the uh, the use and enforcement of that policy. 
those those things are important. Um, you have to treat everybody with your your public comment policy the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, and and kind of building on that, I mean, and, and why those those two things are so important is because we don't have a public comment law mm-hmm. in South Carolina. You know, we have requirements for open meetings and we have notice and agenda requirements for those meetings, but there's not a requirement that the public be allowed to speak unless it's a public hearing that is required by state law. You know, the most common two are the budget hearing, which is annual. And then anytime you amend your zoning map or the text or your zoning ordinance, you know, there's a, a required public hearing. So it really comes down to you know, the council and, and what level of public participation they want in their meetings. And then like Charlie said, that's best accomplished with, with an ordinance that would adopt a policy and then by treating everybody the same way. Um, but I just, one thing I'll mention um, now is that, you know, like, like Charlie said, and, and you uh, facetiously alluded to, we get a lot of questions about public comments and, and sometimes those questions relate to, the nature of the meeting, you know, it's the reg, is it a regular meeting? Is it a special meeting? Is it a work session? Should we allow public comment at a work session? Mm-hmm. Get that question a lot. I think one of the things that you have to keep in mind with your meetings is what is, it's keeping the main thing, the main thing. Mm-hmm. What's the purpose of that meeting? The regular meeting, generally speaking, is a business meeting. You're there to do the business of the city. And then ultimately after it, you go home a work session even more so, you know, that work session is there for some specific purpose or purposes, you know, generally speaking, you're vetting some issue that just, it's just not efficient to do that in a council meeting. So you have to ask yourself and the answer may be yes or no. It depends on the city and the council is allowing public comments. And then how we allow public comments, is that going to, uh, better position us to accomplish what our goal is for this meeting? And, or maybe the flip side of that question is, will it be detrimental to the purpose of the meeting? Because, you know, efficiency is important. Hearing from the public is extremely important, too. Mm-hmm. But you got to do that within the framework of your meetings and your, um, your ability to get the council together to receive that input and to deal with issues. So I think, I think that's really important to keep the, keep the main thing the main thing and then work the public comments into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... and- Russell, one thing I've seen that, that works well on these work sessions is um, taking public comment a different way. Um, you know, have a we, we would have drainage committee meetings and instead of having um, them address council during their work session, mm-hmm. they would instead fill out a form. Um, you know, what is your drainage complaint? Um, and then we could get back to them. You know, that way it didn't take away from maybe the other drainage items they were there to focus on during that work session. It still allowed them to handle it and respond. And, and, and that's a great point because, you know, the, the importance of efficiency, just generally speaking, you know, is like multifaceted, you know, I mean, um, one of the things, and I know we've experienced this with uh, goal-setting uh, sessions with councils. You know, a, a lot of councils will like to do an all-day retreat, and, and, and I know this doesn't sound like it's necessarily relevant, but I'm tie it back in. <laughs> um, you know, they want to do an all-day session, and it works for some councils, but generally speaking, people can handle about two and a half to three hours, and then they're done. They're like the walking dead, you know, and so you know that you've got to make – 
very efficient use of that time or you're going to lose the council. The public can be like that too. And so you have to really manage your public comment carefully because you'll have people that are there at the meeting for some reason. There's something on the agenda or something they want to say, and then you've you've lost them. I mean, if that meeting is so long, uh, they may have to leave because they have some other commitment or they've lost interest or, you know, they're, they're tired or, you know, whatever it is. So, um, you know, that's another aspect of, of, the, of the significance of being efficient with your meetings. And, and I, you know, with the orientations and the training that, that I have offered, and I know Jeff and Ashley um, talk about this as well, a, a lot of it is, is really up to the council. The council can set, um, you know, how successful a, a public hearing is or is not. Mm-hmm. Uh, the tone, the body language, all of those things of the council member is so important. Uh, council members uh, need to remember that, the, you know, the public, this, this might be their first interaction with, with the government. You know, coming before a council can be intimidating. It can be, um, you know, a little scary. And so, um, you know, your, how you speak back to a citizen or, again, hopefully you don't do this. You don't want to point at a citizen for making comments. Um, how you handle yourself can be a good thing or a bad thing. You, you can elevate the problem uh, if you elevate the tone of your response. You know, you know, hopefully you are limiting your response. I mean, I know that's what we train is that really you should, in most cases, allow the public to say what they're going to say and be done. The more that you can... Um, uh, limit and not have one at all, a conversation, uh, that's not what this is about. Mm-hmm. The best way to handle that, if, if, if you feel like you really need, whether you're the mayor or council member, to get more information, you know, say to that citizen right there, would you mind staying after the meeting? I'd like to speak with you. You know, mm-hmm. save that till another uh, uh, part. As, as Jeff said, uh, keep the main thing the main thing. We're here to conduct the business of the city. Because many times people who come to a council meeting to say something have something that they feel very strongly about and are very keen on saying and getting it out there at the meeting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're very passionate and mm-hmm. and over the top. And let let let's be honest. I mean, there are some individuals that do this for a theatrical response. <laughs> um, and right or wrong, I mean, you know, it's a public meeting. We need to allow them to do that. But the council member, the mayor, whoever the chair is, the tone and the body language uh, can really help or, or hurt that situation. Yeah, and it's – it's. oh, I'm sorry, Ashley. Oh, no, go ahead. Yeah, because oh, – well, I was going to repeat what you said. And uh, <laughs> I, I'm just going to say, like Ashley had mentioned about the process in, in James Island with the forms and the written input – um, and I'm sure part of that was following up with those yes. that, that mm-hmm. verbally too, like Charlie said, I mean, you're there to receive the public comments mm-hmm. and the ideal thing would be to thank them for providing those and then to, and to tell them. And then of course, to then do it, <laughs> you know, do what you've said you're going to do, follow up with them. Um, and I will say, and I, I bet Charlie and Ashley had this experience in Greenwood and, and in James Island in Newberry, the way that we did public comment, and it's just a way, it's not the best way is that we would allow any member of the public who attended the meeting, if they signed in, 
which on the sign-in sheet, which provided their name, their address, uh, some information, email address, phone number, so we could follow up with them. Mm-hmm. If they would provide that, they could speak for three minutes on any topic listed on the agenda. But they could not speak on anything not listed on the agenda. To do that, they had to come in, and, and it's the manager form of government, so they had to come see me, and they had to request to be placed on the agenda. And we had a deadline that was not quite a week. It was the end of Wednesday. We met on Tuesdays. It was the end of Wednesday on the preceding week. Mm-hmm. So that I could meet with them, get the information, put them on the agenda, and also so I was capable of writing that information up in a memo I did for council summarizing the agenda. So that Because our mantra was no surprises. That way the council knew just like every other item on the agenda, what is this about? What do we need to do to prepare for the meeting related to this item? I would say, I don't want to exaggerate it, but I would say nine times out of ten, they didn't need to appear before city council. It either was something that the city did not have control over. Let's say, for instance, it's a roads issue and it's DOT. I'd pick up the telephone while they were in the office with me. (laughs) I know who you need to talk to. I get him on the cell phone, put it on speaker, and we would we would talk. Mm -hmm. Of course, I'm really putting that person on the spot, you know. But um, but you know, we would do that. Or it was something that hey, you know, we can we can resolve this for you as a staff, Mm -hmm. you know. And it wasn't to dissuade them from going before council. It was more just providing customer service. Yeah. Getting yeah. an answer and getting an action out there. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned on that one, Jeff, that it was a three-minute limit when they when they spoke to council. And I, I know I've seen five-minute limits as well. And what would you guys say are some of the the typical time limits you've seen for those who who place time limits? I would say three minutes is normally um, what I see, um, and kind of going back to what. Charlie said, you know, that consistency is, is so important, but, and this, I know sounds like an oxymoron, but, you know, you can have flexibility within that consistency. Mm-hmm. Um, say you're having a, um, a board of zoning appeals meeting or, you know, a rezoning hearing, and it's very contentious. You have a huge crowd that shows up, a, a much larger crowd than normal. Mm-hmm. You know, council can make that decision or planning commission, whoever, uh, to shorten the normal time limit. Mm-hmm. Um, just to respect everyone's time. Yeah, I, yeah, like Ashley's saying, and Charlie uh, too. I mean, it's it, if you don't if you have a time limit and you don't enforce the time limit, you, you really know. don't have a time limit. Yeah, yeah, and, and educating the public of your policy. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, I know when I was in Greenwood, our chair always, um, whether it was planning commission or would always do a great job of opening the meeting, opening the public hearing portion, and quickly going over the rules. We had a prepared statement that was said at every meeting. Um, that that same statement was listed on the agenda. Mm-hmm. So you know, you, yeah, <laughs> you, you, you've got to remember that again. This, as I said earlier, this this may be this public. Uh, a citizen's first appearance ever at a government meeting and they don't know the rules. What am I supposed mm-hmm. to do? And they're excited and they may be mad. And so uh, you, you've got to uh, using your uh, education, your tone, your body language, you know, make them welcome. And, and so that you uh, use this effectively. Mm-hmm. Set expectations. Yeah, and you know, unfortunately, I mean, it, and it's even more difficult when you get into smaller towns because it's just it, it's so more it's so much more comfortable being informal. You know, when you're in a smaller town, everyone knows each other. You can have that in a larger city too, but I mean, it's more common in a small town. But 
when there's conflict or there's friction, whether that's on within the body or it's some external uh, force, you know, like a mm-hmm. member of the public, whatever it is, rules help you manage that conflict. Mm-hmm. And abiding by the rules that you've set help you manage that conflict. And if you don't have those rules in place or you have them in place and you don't follow them to include uh, well-educating everybody on what those rules are, they're not there when you need them. So it's... I totally agree with that. That That is the key. If you're, again, um, everything's rocking along, we're not having any issues and we get lackadaisical with our rules and we let anybody speak whenever and then all of a sudden it just slowly gets out of hand. Um, and then you end up on the front page of the paper. <laughs> so we've, we've talked about it in terms of like managing conflict and keeping things civil and productive in terms of establishing and enforcing the rules. And it, it, it Charlie's always the best about um, preaching it tone, even body language, not pointing at them. So one thing I would ask is what about those times when things are starting to get off the rails? What do you do then? Sometimes it's helpful to, if it's not the chair of the meeting, having your town clerk or a town administrator, city manager, whoever is also there helping run that meeting um, to bring everything back in. Uh, for example, um, it was my job on James Island um, when folks would turn around and start speaking to the crowd to try to, you know, build up support for their cause mm-hmm. to say, please direct your attention to address your comments to council. Um, and it was also my job to um, cut them off when their time was up. You know, so it kind of takes the mayor and council or the elected officials out of that bad guy role. And, and puts it on someone else. Yeah, so. that's that's a great point. And I think paired with that is the it, the importance of our mayors, because by and large, even though in the council form and in the manager form, you could take a different approach. By and large, for all two hundred seventy one of our cities, you, you the mayor's the presiding officer, mm-hmm. and um, we have an association for education and training for mayors. And I think it's really important that the mayors are involved with that program because we do sessions on parliamentary procedure and presiding over meetings. And so, um, you know, especially for our new mayor, but even mayors that have been doing it a while. I mean, I think you need these refreshers because it was like we were talking about like the calm before the storm. You may just have a long period of time where your meetings, there's nothing to running them. There's mm-hmm. no conflict. And then all of a sudden you're confronted with it and, um, it's sort of like sharpening the axe, and then so that when you have to use it, you can use it. <laughs> so you're prepared to enforce those rules, you know. So it, it, again, but it goes back to the consistency portion. Um, you know, if, if you're running into problems, you don't want to elevate that with more problems. Um, you know, you do not want to slam the gavel. Um, that will again that if you. Um, if you do that, you're you're going to elevate the the, the tension and the emotion um, in the room. And um, you know, uh, if it it if if it becomes that emotional, I, I've seen some guidance that encourages the chair possibly to rise, um, and that gives a, um, uh, a you know a, 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 a 
look that, that they're trying to control the meeting. And then if it gets that out of control, then uh, we I've also seen a recess uh, mm-hmm. where council uh, uh, may go into recess to, to try to uh, decrease the the, the uh, energy and excitement uh, in the room. So, yeah, that's that's a great point. I, I think the the body language that Charlie mentioned. You know, you, you it's almost like an escalation of response, and so you first want to try to de-escalate a situation, like we often do with our staff. You know, police officers and just a lot of our field employees do. Mm-hmm. Councils have to do that too during meetings, uh, but recess is a great. Tool. It's like a cooling off period. Um, and then, of course, ultimately, you know, and, and we've talked about this, and I think in past podcasts, but in FOIA, um, you know, the, the statute uh, authorizes a public body, no matter what the public body is—a council, a planning commission, a BZA, a, a committee of council that's mm-hmm. been constituted by council—to remove a disruptive individual. Hmm. Um, now, you know, we don't necessarily think that authorizes the removal of a member of the body. You know, if it were to be an elected official or a planning commissioner or whoever. Um, but certainly somebody who is disruptive that is attending your meeting. Uh, but that's more of the nuclear option. I mean, that's not, you want to, you want to, you know, you want to avoid that. that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely avoid that if you can at all costs. I don't must want to adjourn the meeting and say, hey, we'll just take a mulligan on this and come back. Uh, if you can with schedule, you know, it's like herding cats, you know, especially if you've got a larger council to get everybody's schedule in line. But um, before you, you, you took that option under FOIA. Um, but, uh, and then kind of related to that, uh, you know, in, in Robert's rules, there's some tools for uh, dealing with, you mentioned uh, meetings that go off the rails. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, Ashley had said about time limits and altering those under Roberts. You can, even if you don't have a time limit, you can establish one for any item on the agenda to include public comment. You could limit individual members, whether it's the public or members of the body, to a certain amount of time to discuss. You can set an aggregate t- time limit, you know, for a public hearing or whatever it may be, and, and you just follow those procedures in Roberts. Aggregate time limit, because... Once it goes on long enough, it's it's not going to get any more calm, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can you can imagine you've got an issue and, and you have a hundred people show up. Mm-hmm. Well, if each one of them gets three minutes, I mean, and that's where you know a good chair and and we had that language in our um, education speech was that you know if, if encouraging the public if you hear uh, your the 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 comments that you were going to make made by another citizen Mm -hmm. you know don't yeah if you can avoid having to come up here and make those comments again you know the repetitive comments over and over you know once is enough we 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 hear you so we've we've mentioned the training for for the elected officials and i could throw in a plug here because it it it's always a useful document are how to conduct effective meetings handbook I would imagine something that you often point to. Yes, and and um, Jeff and Ashley and I, um, one of the training sessions that we uh, provide for councils, particularly uh, new councils that are learning to you know uh, cooperate together, is effective meetings. Mm-hmm. Uh, how to uh, conduct effective meetings and public participation is a component of that. And, and it's a, a session we offer at the Municipal Elected Officials Institute. So mm-hmm. put a little plug in there for MEO. Yes, so all on the website, MEO, you can search MEO or Municipal Elected Officials Institute of Government for the 
the effective meetings handbook, you can use the keyword conduct effective meetings to get there. Uh, one other thing that you can find on the association's website is the page of civility resources. We we had talked about the importance of tone and demonstrating that you're listening to your residents. And the association has the civility pledge that councils can take can place on their agenda. You can find those materials on the website with the keyword civility. So we are wrapping up up now and i would like to say to our listeners remember that you can find the city quick connect podcast on apple Podcasts, google podcast spotify amazon music audible and soundcloud well guys that's everything i have on on my list any final thoughts on managing public input great session russell all right well thank you all The City Quick Connect podcast is one of several ways the Municipal Association keeps you informed of the opportunities and issues impacting South Carolina cities and towns. Learn more at www.masc.sc and stay up to date with the Association's latest happenings on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.